Welcome to the Active Faith Podcast, where faith meets an active lifestyle. My name is Andrew Ware. I'm your host, and I am the Running Rev. This is not just any other podcast about an active lifestyle, but we unpack the why behind our activity and we connect it to our faith and ministry in the world. Welcome to episode one as we kick off this podcast. This is going to be a solo episode where I wanted to take a little bit of time and introduce you all to myself, the how and why I am active, as well as the why behind this podcast, why I decided to start it. And we will also explore our why for activity. I will uh, talk to you a little bit about why I am active and hopefully give you the foundation to begin to define the why behind your own activity. So let's dive in. Yes, here we are in episode one. And friends, I got so excited. I had said in the trailer that it would be early December, but I got this first episode recorded and I wanted to get it in your ears uh, sooner rather than later. So here it is, episode one. I am so excited to get off along this journey as we go together to discern, to unpack, to explore how our faith meets up with an active lifestyle. I'm going to be dropping these episodes on Wednesday, so go ahead and continue to look out for them as we continue to move along. And so before we get too much further into the meat of this first episode, I wanted to introduce myself. My name is Andrew Ware. I am a pastor in the United Methodist Church. I serve in Suffolk, Virginia, which is uh, right as a part of Hampton Roads, near the oceanfront, and I am a runner. I love to run. That is the manner and method of activity that I love to engage in. Now, my running journey includes more than running. I do strength training. I do meditation, yoga, flexibility training as well. I I love to swim. I love to do all sorts of things, but I would say that I am primarily and firstly a runner, and I run more than I really do anything else. So that is just a little bit about me. And as I said in the intro, I want to take the time during this first podcast for us to unpack the question, why? And we're going to do that in two different ways. I want to unpack for us so that you, the listener, are aware of the direction that I'm going in in this podcast first. And so first I want to answer the question of, of why this podcast. And I feel like there's a good question to start a podcast with because there are so many podcasts that you are going to be listening, that you could listen to. And know that I am deeply grateful for you listening to this podcast. But how does this podcast stand apart from other podcasts and why am I doing it? And it really, the passion for this podcast really began back when the pandemic first hit, the COVID-19 pandemic that came about and really started to affect the United States in March of 2020. And things really started to close down. 
And as a pastor, I could see within myself the manner and nature in which I led the church that I served. And I could see the ways in which the pandemic was affecting not only my ministry, but ministry of my colleagues around me and ministry of those who were in church leadership in general. And so there's this sense that whether you were a clergy person or a lay person in the church, that there was this sense of weariness, of tiredness, of burnout that was really beginning to become a part of our lives. And I wondered what we could do to, to combat that, to really help to maybe alleviate some of that burnout. And unfortunately, don't hear this as me trying to solve all the problems of this burnout question of the pandemic. But hear it as my mind and my spirit were trying to contemplate on this question of self-care. How could we care for ourselves? And I've noticed a couple of things when we talk about self-care is that oftentimes we are not willing to admit the extent to which we need to care for ourselves. And I think this is the first and most important thing that we need to do and that I want to give you space for is that in the midst of everything, no matter how many hours you work, no matter what else is going on in your life, you deserve to care for yourself and to create space in your life to care for yourself. Hear that. I want you to hear that deeply and spiritually, that you have permission to care for yourself. And you know what? You don't even need my permission to do this. I am merely validating something that is already there. You should care for yourself. And as I talked about in the trailer episode, and we hear this commandment from Jesus, and Jesus tells us in the second commandment to love our neighbor as ourself. Friends, it is very difficult to know and to understand love if we do not love and care for ourselves. It is very difficult to express love for our neighbor if we do not first love ourselves. I truly believe that. And I truly adhere to that nature. And so the love that I offer to others, that that I give to my neighbor stems from the nature in which I love and care for myself. And so I often tell people, I cannot fill from an empty cup. I cannot fill from an empty cup. And so in the midst of this pandemic, back to back to my story, um, in the midst of this pandemic, I found this need that we needed to relearn how to care for ourselves because we were in a completely new sort of of burnout. We were in a completely new sense of tiredness and weariness. The normal nature of being tired just did not encapsulate how we felt. And so we needed to revisit this idea of self-care, not because we needed it reiterated again and again, but because we needed to learn how to do it anew. And for me, one of my greatest, one of the greatest ways that I care for myself is through physical activity. And I knew that I was not alone in this endeavor. I knew that there were others who found a level and a manner of self-care through physical activity. And so I sought to bring us together as a community that could help to encourage and support one another. And so earlier this year, earlier in 2021... I created a Facebook group of active Methodists to gather together to share their stories and to support one another. 
Now, I will link that group in the podcast notes, and I want to say right at the onset that this is not a Methodist podcast. This is not a group only for Methodists. This is not only a group for clergy. Uh, This is not a group solely looking at one specific group of people. This is an open community. Welcome to anybody and everybody who would like to be a part of this process. I want to name that at the onset and to also name that you don't have to be involved in any certain type of physical activity. You don't have to be a certain fitness level. You don't have to be a certain size or shape. Friends, this community is welcome to all. And so I started this community because I wanted us to share those stories and that support. And as time has gone on and I have seen the stories that have come out of this community, I have been filled And I have enjoyed seeing the ways uh, that colleagues of mine, clergy colleagues and and lay folks who I have never even met have felt willing to share their active journey and the way that they are active. And I asked myself, what are ways that we can lift up these stories so that we can share these stories and help others to learn the benefits of an active lifestyle? as a connector to their faith. And so that's the why behind this podcast. I want to share those stories. I want to lift up those stories so that we can be encouraged along our own fitness journey. And I'm going to be bringing in guests for our episodes who are going to help us in this, who are going to help us to identify our own whys, who are going to help to show us and help us to learn these different and various ways and means of activity, who are going to help us to look at the underlying parts of activity, right? Because activity is not just being active, but there is so much, just like there's so much that goes into our faith, there's so much that goes into being active. You cannot expect to just go out one day and, you know, move your feet and talk always feel good, but you have to do the underlying work for your activity as well. And that's where that's where self-care comes into play, right? I need to care for myself in more ways than one. And so this is going to be a self-care podcast. This is going to be an opportunity for us to gather together and talk about self-care. It's going to be an opportunity for us to connect it to our mission and faith uh, as a church, as people of faith, as Christians in general. And hopefully you will begin to form those practices that help you to care for yourself so that you can care for others. And so we've talked about why I started this podcast. And within that, that I have sought to create this sense of community. And again, I want this to be a non-judgmental community. I want this to be a community where we can all grow together. Because I think growing, I don't think, I know that in growing together, that there is this sense of communal living that can be fostered out of it. And communal living is this great and wonderful understanding understanding of us coming together to do faith together. And so as a community, and so I hope that we will over time hear a variety of different voices, hear people speak to to their understandings, to their experiences as we begin to build this holistic theology of self-care. That is what it means to care for ourselves in the name of God. And I think that the first place that I want us to start, or I know that the first place that I want us to start is that I think we need to identify our whys, right? I have sat here and I've talked about for these first handful of minutes about the why behind this podcast. 
And, and the next thing that I want to continue to talk about as we talk about the whys is the why are we active? Because for me, my why is what keeps me going. Right When I'm tired, when I don't feel like going out the door for a run, when I don't feel like doing something, I rest and reside and meditate on my why. And I think about it for a little bit. And, and to, to, to say that we may have many different whys, we may have many different things, but naming them and being grounded in them as we go on this journey is going to be something that is going to help us to continue this journey when it gets tough. Because what we're going to find is 2020 was not an anomaly, right? 2020 was not an anomaly. Yes, it is a novel coronavirus. No, I'm not saying that we're going to have more global pandemics. I don't know about that. But what I do know is that for us in ministry, in faith, those of us who have vocations both inside and outside of the church, friends, we're going to get tired. We're going to get run down. We're going we're gonna to feel burnt out. And those manners of self-care are what going to be helped to carry us forward. The problem is, is when we're burnt out, a lot of times we don't want to do anything. A lot of times when we're burnt out, we, we do just want rest. And, and we will talk about rest, and we will talk about the role that rest plays because it plays an important role. But again, the why is what is going to remind us of the reason that we are in this, the reason that we have an active faith, the reason that maybe the reason that we do need to rest and take, take a day off and engage in this manner of self-care because it is going to be what drives us forward. And again, the activity is just a part of it, but the identification of why is what's going to make it so that we feel comfortable doing it every day all along the way. And so I thought I would do this by talking about the why and the whys in my life and my own running journey in that. Because for me, I have had several different whys over my lifetime. And some of those whys have been healthier whys than others as I have been running. You see, I've been running since I was a kid. In fact, my mom often tells me that I never actually walked. I went straight from crawling and started running. And so I've always run. And I would say when I first started really getting into running, my why was because it just felt fun. It felt freeing, right? And, and I would say that this was a very good reason. And for those of you who have kids, I would encourage you to really label this as a reason for activity because it is fun and it is freeing to just get outside and run around or even if if they want to, to, to run around the house if you have enough space, but you know, do it safely. Um, but but there's this, this freeing understanding of just running or just being active, right? Being outdoors, the, the wind in your face, and there's just something happy and exhilarating about it. And I used to always love it. And so, you know, you we would have gym time or or free time recess when I was in school. And, you know, as you get a little bit uh, further on in your elementary education, they kind of begin to, to 
make it a little bit more rigid in terms of what you do. And so instead of just, you know, playing on the playground or running around playing tag, now they begin to tell you to like, okay, let's run laps around the school and let's see how quick and, and all of that stuff. And, and I just used to love running. I used to love playing because there was that sense of freedom and I could just release everything and, and feel great, right? And we talk about that, chem there's that scientific chemical release that happens but I noticed something as I got older because I did notice that as that competitive idea began to come and take shape in my life my why became centered around this competitiveness and I began to run because I wanted to compete uh, and, and for those of you who are familiar with the Enneagram, I'm an Enneagram 3. I'm very driven by achievement. And so competition is something that really drives me just in general. And I'll talk a little bit about that more in the later parts of my journey. But as I got into middle school and even high school when I started running cross country and track, I began to notice how the competition drived how I ran and why I ran. And so no longer was I driven by this sense of freedom and just uh, happiness and gleefulness. I, I competed and I wanted to get better and better and better. And and this was both good and bad in a sense. It was good because it kept me active. And I say that it kept me active because it did. It kept me running. I kept running. And, it, and for me, as a, a 12 to 18-year-old kid, the competition as a driving why behind my activity actually helped me to run, right? That's the good thing about whys is it gets us out the front door or it gets us into the class. It gets us to that manner of doing the activity. It was unhealthy, though, because my entire identity became wrapped around that sense of competition. And so I uh, relished the opportunity to go and compete and to show my stuff, right? If I had a meet, I would love to go to it, uh, any sort of cross-country or track meet, right? I tried to find races where I could just show my stuff off and see how fast I could go and what I could do. And, and to, to be completely vulnerable, I still hold on to part of that today. And I try to hold on to it in a positive manner. And I think we will do an, we will do an episode talking about goals in activity and how we can balance sort of that goal nature and competitive nature with being active. But I, I do, do still hold on to that. But for me, it became unhealthy because of the next part of my journey. And the next part of my journey is when I graduated high school and I no longer had that had that competitive drive about me. You see, I didn't run in college. I entered a pre-ministerial program at uh, the college that I went to, Randolph-Macon in Ashland, Virginia. And in that time, I, I didn't run for a team. I didn't swim for a team. I played lots of intramural and, and a couple of club sports, but it, it wasn't satisfying the competitive nature of my running. And so my freshman year of college, I really set out and I told myself that the way I was going to fill this why was I was just going to train for races and I was going to train for big races. And so I registered for my first marathon and I remember training and the ups and downs of training for a marathon and then coming to marathon day and just completely not doing well at all. And in that, it really destroyed that sense of competition. And coming away from that marathon, 
I finished over an hour and a half outside of where I'd hoped to finish. My goal time was three and a half hours and I finished in five. And again, like, so as I say, if, if you are a five hour marathoner, bless you. Like that is an amazing accomplishment. And we look at ourselves by our own goals. And again, we'll talk about it later. But for me, it didn't feel like what I could do. And my sense and competitive drive destroyed me. It destroyed me and it made me feel inadequate. And I lost my why because I felt like I couldn't do it competitively anymore. And so I lost the why because I wasn't going to do it competitively anymore. And I had nothing to fill that void. And so over the time, uh, so in that time, I, I rested and reflected. And in that time, non-ironically, non-coincidentally, I blew my knee out the first time playing intramural softball. And it was the recovery that began to build back this sense of activity. Now my activity was driven by healing. But it never returned that sense and desire to run. And so throughout the rest of college, uh, even into my first year of seminary, I kind of just ran when I felt like it. And really, that wasn't a whole lot. I, I would do races and I might train like two weeks for the race, which now seems silly because I probably the reason why I deal with so many injuries these days, but I hardly ran. And then when I was in seminary, uh, at the beginning of my second year of seminary, I crashed my bicycle while riding back from class downtown up in Washington, D.C., and I tore my ACL. So now not only do I not have this drive to, uh, to, to run, but now I've torn my ACL and I've lost all sense of activity. And I remember in coming back from my ACL surgery when I started physical therapy, my physical therapist asked me, okay, well, what is your goal? What do you want to accomplish? What do you want to do when your knee is fully recovered? And I was like, huh, that's a good question. Um, and I just thought of the first thing in my mind. I'm like, you know what? I want to run again. And she said, well, do you have any specific running goals? And off the top of my head, without thinking about it, I said, well, I want to run the marathon. And that became my goal. And it was bad because as I thought about it, that goal was driven not by any desire to actually run, but it became re a reignition of my competitive desire. And I felt like in my mind and in my heart, I'm now, okay, I'm taking care of myself. I've gotten my ACL. I've gotten my knee fixed. And now I want to conquer the marathon again. I wanted revenge. And friends, let me tell you, if this is coming from me and my heart and my experience, if, if revenge is ever your primary motivator behind something, I don't think it is a healthy one. And I say this from experience because in that rehab, there were times where I pushed myself beyond my physical limitations and tried to get myself back in the shape to be able to run and conquer the marathon at where I wanted to do it. And I became driven by this sense and my why became I wanted revenge on the marathon. I wanted revenge on a non-abstract 26.2 mile race where I don't actually race anybody, but I raced the clock. And 
Goals are important in our running, but our goals need to be driven by our desire to care for ourselves, not at the expense of our body and not at the expense of harming ourselves. And so I would say that I pushed myself way too hard. And and I'll admit that in a lot of ways, I am paying for the sins of that time. I'm paying for the way that I treated that physical therapy. In fact, uh, my ACL in my left leg, which is the one that's reconstructed, the ACL is not fully functioning. Like if I wanted to play soccer or football, I couldn't do it. And, and that I believe is primarily driven by this sense that I pushed too hard trying to come back because the why behind my desire for physical activity became revenge on the marathon. And because that took place, I would get frustrated over and over and over and over again for the next six years. From from 2012 until 2018, I just became frustrated with running. And I continued in that same unhealthy cycle of I would still register for races because I'm like, all right, well, I need to do this 10K because I need to measure my fitness or I need to do this half marathon because this is like the next step in getting ready to go to the marathon. And, and my wife would look at me and she's like, but you haven't trained at all for it. And I'd be like, oh, I don't care. It doesn't matter. It's not a big deal. Uh, but 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 really, I hadn't trained for it. And then I'd get shin splints, and uh, I started to to develop all sorts of running injuries. And it was in and it was in late 2018 when I was running and I tried to ramp up too fast. And I had registered for the 2019 Richmond Half Marathon. And I was like, okay, well. I'm I'm going to re- I'm going to run that half marathon. This is still my thought like in the middle of the summer. I'm going to run that half marathon and then I'm going to run the marathon. And I'm just going to do it and I'm going to get it done. And and in about uh, in about October time frame, late, I mean, yeah, mid-fall time frame, I got plantar fasciitis. And for those of you who know what that is, uh, for those of you who don't know what it is, it is uh, it, it, it's part of the foot, and, and it is just immensely painful if you are trying to run. And I got plantar fasciitis, and I went to the doctor, and the doctor's like, yep, that's what this is. And he said, maybe you should look at getting new running shoes and, and seeing what it is. And so I, I went to my uh, the running shoe store that I loved to go to in Richmond, um, and I went because I'd had a lot of experience and I just said, Hey, you know, I have, here are my shoes. Here's the shoes. I've been buying them for, for like a decade. Uh, it's the same brand. It's the same type of shoe, but, but I've developed plantar fasciitis and I need to, to refigure out. I need to find a new shoe that will help me so I don't have it so much. And so, uh, they do the whole thing of, of doing the gait analysis of seeing how I run, seeing if my, uh, feet kind of bend in, whether they pronate or whether they bend out, supinate or, or what they're doing so they can kind of determine, okay, yeah, there's the kind of running shoe you need. And, and it was about that time that I realized as I was sitting there trying on running shoes, trying to find a running shoe that was going to help me to feel better, that I kind of began to realize that this just isn't working out the way I am doing it. And so I began to reimagine how I was going to run. I began to reimagine how I was going to run. And so in the towards as we got to the end of the year, I began to realize I don't want to run another marathon. Like period, 
I really don't want to run another marathon. And and to be honest, that's a question that I still flirt with today now that I've gotten back into it a little bit more. But I didn't really want to run another marathon. And and I decided that I needed to fall back in love with running. And so connecting it with my faith a little bit, I, I, I prayed about it. And this isn't the only connection. So don't worry, we're going to get there. But connecting it, I, you know, I prayed about it and I began to discern, okay, what is my why? And I began to think back to my childhood and I began to think back to that base nature of running, that running was freeing. That running made me feel excited and happy. And I began to realize that the most settled moments of my mind were when I was actively engaged in running. And so like those two weeks before my races, when I would be running like, you know, three or four times a week. And I was like, oh, I feel really good. I'm feeling great. I, you know, my my mind is feels so settled. And I realized that for me, running was therapeutic. Running became therapeutic to me. It became a way for me to clear my mind, but it also became a way for me to express myself. And so as I came into 2019, I refound this love for running that I had lost for all of those years. And I decided that I didn't need to run a marathon. I, I Heck, I told myself I didn't need to run a half marathon. I had at one point in time resigned myself to running just 10Ks, 8Ks, and, and 5K races and told myself, you know, I'm not, no, I'm, I'm good. I just want to love running again. It actually wasn't until I started running with my running team in Richmond that I was like, oh, my coach told me, hey, you're, you know, pretty good. You should, you should run the half marathon. Like you could totally do it and you could totally be good at it. And, and, and it was that drive. And, and that even took like some prayer and some intentionality of thinking like, okay, yeah, I don't, I can find love and joy in the half marathon. And so my why, again, my why, so my current why for running is it is therapeutic and it becomes a way for me to express myself. And in all those ways, shapes, and forms, because like I said, you know, there's still that competitive nature that drives me forward, that drives me to, that drives me to want to get stronger, to get faster, uh, but, but the running being therapeutic part helps me to, helps to remind myself that in running, I'm caring not only for my physical, but I'm caring for my mental and my spiritual, because in in the in this sense of being therapeutic it helps me as i process through my own anxiety and my own adhd uh, both of those uh mental health uh both of those mental health areas that i struggle with in anxiety and adhd and it helps me to process that it gives me a level head and it clears my mind and so running becomes meditative for me in that sense, whether I'm listening to a podcast, whether I'm listening to music, or whether I have nothing at all. And and running becomes therapeutic for me because I express my sense of running. And I love to run in community. And so I can often talk to people while I run. And so that is my why. That is why I love to run. And so where does this lead 
us as a community because we're a community I know right now I'm the only one talking uh, and and I often feel bad about that and I hope and and I'm looking to bring other voices into this conversation as well and 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 feel free we can have conversations on our active uh, Methodist community but but as we continue to move on this journey together I think the first thing that we need to do is we need to identify our why. Why am I active? And the and and the why to our activity is going to go far and beyond that manner of just I want to care for myself. Right? Cuz it's going to be very easy. It's like saying how's your day? Oh, it's good. Well, why are you active? Well, I want to care for myself. And I think in the why when we say oh, I want to care for myself, I, I I, sometimes it feels like that may not be enough. Now, it may be enough for you to say that. And, and I honor that, and I honor that in your life. And that's what's going to keep you going. But I invite you to really pray and discern your why. And here's the next thing. I encourage you to write it down, or I encourage you to record it somewhere. Record your why. Because when the journey gets tough, when the journey gets tough, and, and whether it is the weight of life, of, of vocation, of, of ministry, of faith in general, returning to that why is going to be the thing that can help to ground us as we continue to care for ourselves. As we continue to care for ourselves, it's going to ground us and it's going to put us in that mindset so that when things feel overwhelming, we return to that why and we remind ourselves why this is important. You know, I have a why that's associated to running. I have a why that's associated with being a pastor. I have a why that's associated with being a husband and a father. I have a why that's associated with many aspects of my life uh, because I know when the journey gets tough, I can revisit that why. And I can remind myself, why am I in this relationship? Why am I doing this activity? Why am I in this vocation? And it reminds me, grounds me, centers me on this. And so when we're talking about this intersection between faith and an active lifestyle, I want us to remember that it is that manner of self-care. And it's the why that is going to continue to drive us. It's the why that's going to get us out of bed. It's the why that's going to get us out the front door. It's the why that's going to get us to sign up for that class. It's the why that gets us to find communities whom we can be with together in this active lifestyle. It is going to be the why that drives us. And so record your why. Write it down. Put it in your journal. Uh, write it on a post-it note. Put it on your computer. Make a, make a background scene for your desktop on your computer. Whatever you need to remember that why. So that you can revisit it all the time. Any way, shape, and form. You can visit it so that you can remind yourselves. That's going to be the important part of this journey. And so as we look ahead to, to what's going to happen over the course of however many episodes uh, we do in this podcast, I don't know because it's episode one and, and, you know, we could go for who knows how long with this. But as we move forward, you know, we're going to talk to people about faith, people who find comfort and solace and spiritual life in an active lifestyle. 
We're going to meet folks who help us to find our own meaning and know we have community on this journey of faith and an active lifestyle. We're, we're going to explore those underlying parts of this active lifestyle. You know, I put a, a post on our on our active uh, Methodist Facebook community, and it's on my own Facebook page as well, uh, trying to see what are those questions you have? What what can I help to answer? Who can I bring on to help answer some of these questions? Because we know an active lifestyle goes far and beyond, you know, walking out the door uh, and, and putting one foot in front of the other, walking, running, uh, getting on our bike and, and cycling around, signing up for that yoga or HIT or CrossFit or Orange Theory class. It goes far beyond that. There's so much more in that. And so what are those questions you have about an active lifestyle that we can help answer together? Because, you know, we will journey together not only to explore our own whys, but to explore how we balance life and ministry and an active lifestyle. What a great conversation we were able to have today. Hopefully you took something away away from it as you begin to build the why in your life, why you're active. I want to thank you so much for joining in this conversation. Please don't forget to check out the show notes and join us on our Active Methodist community on, on Facebook. I would also be forever grateful if you would follow and subscribe or subscribe to this podcast on your favorite podcast listening platform. And you know what? If you're feeling really generous, head on over and rate and review this podcast. Lastly, don't forget to share with a friend and invite them to listen as well. May God bless us and may we find ways to stay active in and for God's kingdom. Amen. Amen.